monolith horrors, slipping slimy depths at the bottom of lakes. There's something lurking just beneath the surface of the water and the seaweed. Your tropical vacation just got a whole lot more interesting. This is your host, Isabel Henneke. Every episode, we study a cryptid of this eerie, eerie world. Welcome, from the Pacific Northwest, to fairies and folklore. This week, we're diving into the cryptid called the Abaya. This one is from Malaysian mythology. For a bit of background, the Malaysians were a group of people who relied on the waters of the lakes and surrounding ocean in the archipelagos of New Guinea, the Torres Strait Islands, the Admiralty Islands, the Solomon Islands, New Caledonia, and Vanuatu Islands. For those of you who don't know, those groups of landmasses are in the geographical region of Oceania. To make it plain and simple, they're just to the right of the continent of Australia. A lovely vacation spot if you're looking for one. Because of the indigenous people's basis of survival on the bodies of water around them, lots of myths and stories about the life-giving liquid rose into existence. One of those is the Abaya. While the exact location varies within different stories and tribes, there is said to be a lake within the Malaysian region overabundant with aquatic life. Fishes swim and water plants spread their algaic slimeness. And, at the bottom of the lake, lives the abaya. It is a huge, magical eel the Malaysian people created to explain the crazy storms and flooding that is prone to happen in that part of the world. In fact, a professor named Roland Barrage Dixon wrote an account of the mythology of this region for his book. It was titled The Mythology of All Races, and it was published in 1916. I'll link it in the show notes. Since that time, the region has developed new legends as a result of exposure to Western civilizations and their missionaries. People have influences on each other, whether they mean to or not. Mother influences her child, boss influences his employees, that's life, and we actively look to people for it too. It's true now as true as it was then. The local people of the time may not have realized they were being influenced, but nonetheless those influenced parts came out in their stories and art. The myth of the Abaya may not have been influenced by missionaries from other countries, but others sure have, and if you look close enough and dig deep enough, you can find them all on your own. Now that we 
you've gotten some background on the people of that region, you can delve into the creature itself. Hopefully, you'll be able to understand the Malaysians' need for an explanation to the psycho weather patterns in that place of which they lived. As I said before, the Abaya is a behemoth of an eel living in the bottom of lakes, or one lake in particular. The eel is said to consider all creatures in the body of water in which it dwells its children. It will viciously protect the critters against anyone who would harm or disturb them. This includes fishing. Which, if you think about it, is pretty bad, especially if you depend on those bodies of water for your sources of food. Keep that little fact in mind for our story in just a moment. start with the warning that those who are foolish enough to try to catch the fish from a lake containing the abaya are doomed to a watery grave. What the abaya does to protect its fine fishy friends is rather terrifying. In its rage at its children being harmed, the abaya will thrash its tail in a savage way. This thrashing will cause tidal waves to erupt from the surface of the lake and sweep across the land. Obviously, any fishing boats on the surface of the lake would be shattered by this, and the people on shore would be pummeled by the impact, most likely drowning any inhabitants living near the lake. There is another version of this legend that states if someone were to harm a creature living in the Abaya's home, the Abaya would cause a great rainstorm to flood the land, drowning those who had caused the harm. There is one in particular that I found that clearly illustrates the rainstorm powers. The story is from the book, The Mythology of All Races, as I said before. I will link it in the show notes. It is a fairly long tale, and I'm going to paraphrase as well as edit the wording of things to make it easier to understand. And thus, our story begins. One day, not too long ago, a man was out hunting for food to feed his village. It was not but a single wallaby, and he began to despair when he stumbled upon a large, beautiful lake. The lake's name was Wapoji, and within the waters there were many fish, all shapes and sizes and perfect to catch and dry for the coming off-season, when hunting and fishing were no longer possible. At the bottom of the lake lived a magical eel, but the poor man knew not that there was a great and terrible guardian to that lake. That day he caught so many fish he could barely carry the basket and the nets home before dark. He told his village all about the lake, brimming with fish. The village, knowing this would keep them all alive throughout the off-season, gladly accepted his invitation to return with boats and nets to catch as many as they could. All that next day, they fished, catching thousands of wriggling creatures. Enough for each person to have three meals a day for three months. Close to the end of the day, a woman, pulling up her net, 
called out to the rest of the village. She had caught the abaya itself. As she was attempting to pull it back into the boat, the eel slipped out of the net, escaping the woman and slithering back down into the deep blackness of the lake. The young eels that were too small to be caught swam down to their father, the abaya, to tell him of the terrible fate befallen unto their kin. The abaya, furious that thousands of his children had been caught and died above the surface, decided these perpetrators didn't deserve to live for these crimes against his adopted children. That night, the village celebrated cooking the fish. They feasted, danced, unaware of what was coming. The Abaya called forth the water spirits and asked them to help avenge his children. The water spirits complied. Very early in the morning, while the people slept off the wonderful meals they had eaten the night before, the Abaya called forth the rains. Dark and angry storm clouds laden with rain beyond imagination rolled in on the will of the giant eel. The rain released their torrent, and the waters of the lake rose with the wishes of the abaya. Now, on the night of the feast, one old lady refused to eat of the fish the village had caught. She was versed in the ways of magic and recognized that these fish were not normal and that they belonged to the abaya. She warned the people about the giant eel, telling them of all the terrible things it would unleash. Nobody took her seriously, thinking she was delusional to her old age. The entirety of the people drowned in the night, except the old lady who wanted nothing to do with the fish of the abaya's lake. She climbed a tall tree the night before and stayed there all through the night, dozing in and out of sleep. She was the only survivor of the cataclysmic flood. The following morning, the old woman climbed down the tree and went back to the village, telling the children that their parents had died a terrible death. She told them to never go back to the lake or to ever eat fish, for fear it may have come from Lake Wapoji. They listened to her, for she was now the only adult in their mists, and she raised them all until they were adults and married, having children of their own. The children of the men and women that drowned told their children to never go to the lake, and they never did so. To this day, no man of the area will eat the flesh of fish, no matter how desperate they may be. you can do to avoid the abaya. If you harm his children, that is. If you fish in his lake, you're pretty much doomed. There is a way to avoid him, however. Just don't disturb his lake. Pretty self-explanatory. I have full confidence in you that you will not go fishing in a lake in Malaysia that people say has a giant eel living in it.
Now you may go have a vacation in the Oceania region in peace. Eels and snakes have great meaningfulness in Malaysian mythology. They are connected with the waters of the ocean, either protecting or ravaging the lands the people live on with floods and rains. If you're familiar with a particular song sung by Dwayne Johnson in a tropical 2016 movie, you'll know that eels also had much to do with the abundant source of food for the Malaysians. Among many species of eel, there is one in particular that is quite massive, and it goes by the name the longfin eel. It can be found in and around the waters of Oceania regions, which many believe led to the stories of the Abaya and other legends, including snakes and eels. The fact that many eels can survive out of water and writhe on the ground just as easily as a snake can lead to many fascinating stories, no doubt. Along with the many stories and legends surrounding eels in the region, there are also rules, particularly about killing said creatures. Some major bad luck can be placed upon you if you kill the wrong ones. And by killing one you're not supposed to, you have a mock to, or curse, set on you. According to local legends, you start going crazy, like you're possessed. But the rest of this creature is for another episode. You get the gist of it. Eels are important. Even Captain Cook, during his 1777 voyage, encountered eels of fantastic size. While anchored in Queen Charlotte Sound off the South Island of New Zealand, he wrote the following about statements from a local. We had another piece of intelligence from him. More correctly given, though not confirmed by our own observations, that there are snakes and lizards there of enormous size. He said they sometimes seize and devour men. Men were even said to sometimes transform into eels. In New Zealand, the isle off the coast of Australia and home to the filming location of one of the best fantasy series, Lord of the Rings. An eel head was crushed up and eaten to cure toothaches. That's something I would never want to consume unless absolutely starving, let alone to cure a simple toothache. The culprit most likely for these horror-filled tales is, as I said before, the longfin eel. It is the largest and one of 15 species of eels in the world that spend their adult lives in freshwater and migrate to the open ocean to reproduce. The fact that this eel travels from freshwater to the ocean and back again is probably where the eel living in a freshwater lake came from. There are cases of ocean-dwelling creatures like sharks swimming upriver with the floods and ending up getting trapped inland when the water recedes. They stay in their little ponds, surviving peacefully enough. I wouldn't be surprised if this happened with a longfin eel, and unchallenged, it became the biggest and baddest critter in the lake. In modern culture, the abaya still has a hold on people's minds. A piece of literature, 
The Book of the New Sun by Jean Wolfe has a creature very similar to the Abaya. It is a gigantic sea creature that can, apparently, survive on land and has conquered at least one land country in his fictional universe. The giant eel is even featured in a video game called Stranded Deep, where you have to survive a plane crash in the Pacific Ocean. The Great Abaya in this game is a giant moray eel, one of three mythical creatures that can be found. Sounds like a pretty fun game if you like problem solving and survival games. I'd totally play it. This is Isabel Henneke, hosting Fairies and Folklore. From the Pacific Northwest, goodbye. Today's weird bit of knowledge. Curiosity may have killed the cat, but its satisfaction brought it back, along with all your childhood pets. Your parents must have buried them in the cemetery. And hey, thanks for listening. If you want to support the show, keep up with all the latest episodes, or you have feedback you would like to share, follow the show on Instagram at fairies and folklore, or go to instagram.com slash fairies and folklore. The first five people to comment get a shout out. And when you follow, don't forget to tell me your favorite piece of weird knowledge. Who knows, might get featured on a coming episode. I also have a website, so if you decide that's what bloats your goat, that's anchor.fm slash Isabel Henneke. That's anchor.fm slash I-S-A-B-E-L dash H-U-E-N-E-K-E.